quiet. Listen to my voice. Let my voice touch you. Hello and welcome to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight and I am again joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast. Good to have you back. And science fiction writer, Kate Tempest Bradford. In season three, episode one, The Stingers Hit Town. Eric Raymond gets fed up with the Misfits' childish behavior, so he sells everything he owns to buy Misfits music from Harvey Gabor. However, he decides to offer a recording contract to a new band called the Stingers. He offers to let them stay at the Gabor mansion, and when Pizzazz meets him, she falls in love with him madly. However, the Misfits are deeply concerned about the way Riot and his bandmates take advantage of her and think she needs to snap out of her infatuation and start acting like a misfit again. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Showtime, Synergy! Episode 54, written by Christy Marks, of course. And once again, a two-parter. Welcome back, Christy! Welcome back! Yay. It's good to have her. We open this week with Eric Raymond scolding the misfits for their gratuitous spending habits and troublemaking behavior. Eric decides to quit misfits music and vows to come back as the boss or nothing else. What else is he going to really do, though? I mean, if he couldn't buy that company... He could just go back to the family business. He could crawl back (laughs) to his father and be like... the The crime family. The crime family and his brothers would be like, ha 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 ha. Eric does it again. And like he he looks sad. So yeah, he has a lot of motivation. He doesn't want to have to go back to his dad and admit yep. that he couldn't even handle this. Yeah, I mean he's done it enough. I mean, he knows how to do it, but doesn't want to experience that again. Indeed. Eric arrives at Harvey Gabor's office with the expense report from Misfits Music. Mr. Gabor is appalled at how much money his company is losing every day. So Eric offers to buy it with the promise to run it properly as its boss. Mr. Gabor stipulates that he'll accept the offer so long as the misfits are kept on contract and Eric doubles his buyout offer. Eric, selling everything he's owned, has no money left to do this but vows to figure out a way to get the money. And of course, he sells every last item he owns, in, including his house, which is oh, his, it's so his sad. Malibu beach house. I don't know if you noticed the sign in the yard. He owns a Malibu beach no, house. No, I did I not notice that. Hilarious. He lives next door to Malibu Barbie. What I find interesting, <laughs> well, he does. I mean, look at that. But what I find interesting about that scene between him and uh, Harvey Gabor is that, you know, at first he's like, come on, you got to sell it to me. And Harvey Gabor is like, no, I bought that record company. Keep Phyllis happy. I'm not doing I'm not going to mess that up and have her coming around yelling at me all the time. And only then does Harvey say like, well, but money. And once again, Harvey Gabor chooses money over his only daughter. Are you surprised by that? I mean, that's him. That's no, I'm not. I'm just saying once again, <laughs> yeah, he has done that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty awful. And it's super interesting that 
he feels like the way his daughter well and i guess this is par for the par for his course anyway that the the way to his daughter's heart is through buying her things yeah that's uh i don't think that's an uncommon thing with with uh some rich people with entitled children it's rather sad very sad. Eric arrives at Misfits Music and pronounces that he's now its new owner. Setting the groundwork for what his expectations are, he tells the Misfits that any excessive expenses they incur will come out of their own pockets. Oh, that did not make them very happy. Eric comes up with the idea of renaming the record company to Raymond Records, but the Misfits refuse to cooperate. I like how Pizzazz says, what are you going to do, force us to play? But he reminds them that they're I mean, under contract. he might contract. tie some people up. Whatever, he might tie some people to a chair. He could. Force a, force a key tar into their yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah, is Zipper out of prison maybe? Maybe he can go to him. Oh, wow. Yeah, we forgot about him. We haven't seen him in quite some time. No, no, he's in, Zipper's in prison. You're right. No, and he he doesn't get out. Zipper is serving 25 to life. Yeah, he's got to be. Actually, when was the last time we saw Zipper? Was it the end of season one or sometime in season two? I don't even remember. It was season one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it was. Time. I think it was after he tried to put Kimber into a volcano. Oh yeah, yep. that'll do it, right? That's why he's serving 25. You're to right. Life. Death, death by volcano or attempted murder by volcano is. Definitely frowned upon. Yeah, I would say so. Well, Eric claims that he'll find another band to replace them and that they'll eventually come crawling back, he hopes, right after they walk out. I don't think he was expecting that. He's like, nah, I've got all the power now. I've got all the negotiation power because I own this company. Well, I think Eric is learning the lesson that many a... What is it? What do Roxy call him? A tin dictator. But many a tin dictator learns is that you are nothing in the face of the will of a powerful woman. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. At Starlight Music, the holograms are going over their current financial situation. Most of the profits from the band have been diverted into the Starlight Foundation, not leaving much for Jerrica's record company. Jerrica suggests they need to diversify and find new talent and sounds. Diversify as in have more than one act? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's maybe, about time. Maybe the Fifth Avenue Boys or the Sixth Avenue Boys, whatever they were called, maybe they are still around, but they gotta it's f- looking pretty thin. They got to fill that building up. I know, right? That That's one like boardroom in that entire... <laughs> It's 10 stories. There's nothing else in that office building with them in that one room. Yeah. I'm sure there are some pinball machines in there, foosball tables. But let's talk about how, and this is something we've said, like, Jerrica does not know how to do business at all. So we're, what, several years into their career at this point? Maybe it's only months. I don't know. They kind of always act like they're the new and upcoming talent still. But I mean, just now they're like, oh, maybe maybe it'd be smart if we had more than one band on our label. Right? It's, maybe. Zurek is such a bad business person. And this is, you know, and, and quite honestly, when um whatever, that 
blonde haired lady is like, well, we're doing well financially. I'm like, no, you're not. You right. can't be. You can't be. Jim the hologram's your only act. Stop it. Stop lying. You know, I realize this this show is really a means to an end for the promotion of the toy line, but would it have been so difficult to, at the very least, you know, in a scene they could have animated, you know, when they're showing the interior scenes of the of Starlight Music, could they not have at least had a hallway with like a bunch of posters of all the different bands that actually are part of that record label like would that be because that would have at least given us the impression that hey they've got other acts you know you don't have to even mention them but it's some some passing reference even to other acts it's just so unbelievable having only one act is a starlight music tradition (laughs) yeah when they started that company it was just jackie yeah you can't it was who i don't even know who it was for how many years after jackie died and then it was Gem and the Holograms. And hey, you know, Misfits Music is in the same position. Are there any other groups signed to Misfits Music? No, they're not. That's why Eric Raymond is like, crap, what do I do? The Misfits walk out. Yeah. The phone rings in the boardroom and Lindsay is on the phone to tip Jerrica off about a new German band called The Stingers. Who apparently, yeah, exactly. Who apparently are looking to sign with a major U.S. record label. Jerrica decides to see the Stingers play at Le Club Cool, spelled with a K. What a corny name! Mm-hmm. It's spelled with two Ks. Two actually. Ks, yeah. Club Cool. Also, who names it? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. This is the world of Gemini holograms. Let me just shut up. <laughs> Later that evening, we see Jerrica and Kimber at Le Club Cool. When seated, they run into Eric Raymond, who doesn't miss an opportunity to take a jab at them, saying that they're supposed to be home, aren't they? Taking care of their horde of brats. That was really revealing of Eric's character. Yeah. Eric just... He doesn't even want to be redeemable. No. Well, he even calls he them little girls. Have, like, He's like, know, that's right, right like, little girl. But but meanwhile, when Jerrica and Kimber walk away, he checks out their butts. Did he? Ugh. Yes. I did not notice that. That's a good catch. Eric Raymond is the worst. Yeah. I mean, I... I mm. Well, it, you know, Jerrica's not dumb. She She realizes that Eric is trying to steal away the Stingers before she's had a chance to sign them with Starlight Music. And speaking of the Singers, we get a music video from them as they head up on stage. This is just called, for some reason, it's just called the Stingers theme song. Not a very creative that's title. That's what it is. It's a, yeah, but that's what it, it is. Okay, fine. What what other title would it have? Just sting, sting, stinger? Dancing <laughs> with their fingers pointing, pretending but, that they're sting people. It's really corny. That Excuse me, that's all right, because Ryan did it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, you're one of those riot groupies, are you? <laughs> Let me tell you, those women, like Riot walks on the stage, and women lose their minds. Wow, his shirt is unbuttoned down to his navel, so. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> and your point. Well, I'm just saying that. That's a, that's a powerful <laughs> aphrodisiac. I, I, maybe. Uh, okay. <laughs> but then, you know, it, what I love is that he comes out and 
he, like, before we even get to the song, just like him talking, you know, and he's like, I'm right. And, you know, <laughs> like, what is happening? And he's just soothing all these women with his voice. And that's why when Jerrica says, like, I hope their music is as good as their act, because Ryan has already, like, completely messed up the estrogen in the entire room and they haven't even started singing yet. And then there's Minx over there on the keyboard. And Ryan even says, like, it's Minx on keyboard. And he's like, and this is Rapture. And I'm like, was Rapture just supposed to be on the stage? Did they just hand her a guitar because it was convenient? Why doesn't she get her instrument name? Well, whatever. It doesn't matter because Riot said it. <laughs> and Riot can do no wrong, clearly, <laughs> according to the first few minutes of his intro into this yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can only assume how the rest of this is going to turn out, but... But let's see. But what, what do you think, before we move on here, what did you think of, I mean, obviously this is the introduction of the Stingers. What did you think of the song? I, I like the song. I mean, I think it's a good introduction. Uh, they have a distinct sound. So now we've got three bands with very distinct sounds, which I appreciate. I don't really, the song isn't all that memorable other than, oh, they're the Stingers, um, at least to me. But I do think it was kind of good for establishing a lot of things about them that differentiates them from Jim and the Misfits or the holograms and the Misfits, I guess I should say. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was nice to, that, I mean, they they have a male singer, so they have a very different sound from the rest of the bands in the show, which are all... Uh, which which are all driven by women. So yeah, you're right. They do have a very a very different sound, which is it's kind of nice. I mean, even the music, the style of it as well, it's a little bit different than what the Misfits yeah, or yeah, the Holograms would do. It's a different kind of rock music, yeah. and I'm sure that if I put my head to it, I could figure out like what the exact style is supposed to be. But the thing I love most about this song, though, is the fact that you know. It is the Stingers theme song because it like it even incorporates their names into the lyrics. I forget what the lyrics about Minx is supposed to be, but it's like he says something about Minx and then he's like, our music is rapturous. And then, you know, they show rapture and then he's like, you're all, all going to riot over us. <laughs> and I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> Everything about this is perfect. Just though, you know, the brash self-confidence that they have. And also throughout this music video, women running up on stage, trying to touch Riot. Climb, like the, yeah, they're throwing the themselves cannot, at him. Right. The security cannot keep holding. Even Kimber leaps out of her seat. Yeah. <laughs> go, to go up to the front of the stage. I'm surprised that they did not animate panties just flying through the air. <laughs> just whoosh. Yeah, they should have thrown that in as an Easter egg. No one would have noticed. Well. Kids wouldn't have noticed. After the video, the crowd goes crazy at the Stingers' debut performance, and the crowd rushes the stage. Le Club Cool's manager panics and tells Riot to say something to the crowd before they tear the club apart, and I just can't help myself, but Riot says, Quiet. Listen to my voice. Let my voice touch you. Oh if God. you want more music, <laughs> you must return to your seats. Yes, do this for me now. <laughs> I oh wondered. I wondered as he was saying, oh, "Okay," but before this, he's like standing at the mic, like 
doing the I can't describe like the little come at me kind of hand gesture, you know, like not actually, but yes, marvel at my greatness. <laughs> I just I graciously burst out laughing. I had to pause the show because I was laughing so hard I was crying. And then he comes, and I was like, so is his shtick, like, is he a hypnotist? And somehow, I guess he is, but I don't know, I expected to, at some point to see, like, a pocket watch or something after he said all this. Yeah, is he supposed to be, uh, he kind of... Creepy? Well, I don't know. <laughs> in his own way, yes, but he kind of reminds me of that... Uh wow! What was the name? Fabio. You remember that the the long blonde haired muscular, of Fabio too. you know, in the eighties. And I'm almost wondering if he was kind of if they sort of borrowed some of his imagery for for that character. You know, the the overconfident, muscular, handsome blonde model guy. I mean, isn't Fabio Austrian or German or something? Because he has an accent and writes from Germany, although he doesn't have an accent for some reason. He's not from Germany. He's, he's American. Oh, he's American. Military brat. Okay, okay, right. Yeah, I guess that, that makes sense because his last name is Lowellen. That's not definitely not German. Yeah, I I don't know. I thought about Fabio too. I don't know. I and I loved how and this is digressing a little bit, but they all look different. Like so, we've got Jim and the holograms and the misfits. They've all got you know like crayon covered hair, colored hair. It's all, you know, very spiky for the most part um, and square. And then, you know, we have the stingers. They're all color coordinated. They're all like very, I don't, not very sleek, but pretty sleek looking. And, and it's just, it's just this different look. And then he talks and he's not, I feel like Jem and what's her face? Jim and Pizzazz are very i don't know like he's very smooth and calm and jerica and jim and pizzazz can kind of get wrapped up in their emotions whereas he's very yeah he's very calm uh, cool and collected he knows exactly what he wants to say yeah he's in control of everything but it it, i was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't another all woman band Mm. why is like I don't know. But you see, we needed a dude because we need of- someone to be calm and not emotional. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> because Rio is terrible. He is and, terrible. Yeah. That's we'll true. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm right. Let my voice swash over you like warm caramel. Wow. <laughs> that was interesting. Eric tries to beat Jerrica to the stage and elbows her, because he's a jerk. When Eric attempts to make his pitch, Jerrica introduces herself and says if he signs with her company, he'll get an honest deal. Eric rebuts and claims Jerrica is an amateur and that he shouldn't sign with her. She asks... Go ahead. is Is this normal? I mean, first of all, Riot promised us that the music would resume. I don't think the music ever resumed. They no. have people just storming the stage. 
do do record company executives regularly do this? Just walk up on the stage while people are trying to perform and be like, hey, sign with my record company. No, like, probably not. I mean, they would at like, least wait to the end of the show and approach them. I mean, t- they, right. they do okay. talent okay. scouting, of course, this? but they would be respectful at least. Right. So everybody is an amateur in this. Sure. Because they're just running up on the stage. I'm I'm surprised the women didn't riot once again and tear those people apart for keeping riot away from them. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a riot for riot. Jerrica asks Riot to investigate both companies so that he can make an informed decision of his own. Minx approaches Eric looking as if she's taken a liking to him and asks him if he's a typical American music executive. And Eric says, there's nothing typical about him. Really? He does have an inflated opinion of himself. Yeah, I would say so. And he does have some eyebrows. (laughs) Other executives (laughs) have eyebrows, like Eric Raymond's eyebrows. (laughs) You can tell I'm serious because of my eyebrows. Yes. My friends call me brows. (laughs) Both Eric and Jerrica offer Riot and the rest of the Stingers to stay at their estates. Minx suggests to Riot that they should go with Eric because he's handsome. Okay. I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to Eric as handsome, but I guess some people clearly believe that. Well, I don't know if Minx clearly believes that. I I believe that that Minx has her own reasons for wanting to go to Eric's place. Her own agenda, um, you mean? Yeah, she's got an agenda. And her agenda is somewhere in her nether regions. But <laughs> I also want to point out that I did not remember how hilarious East German quote unquote accent is. Oh. I was just waiting this whole episode while I was listening to her for her to turn to Rapture and say, Sestra. Sestra, we must find Riot. Sestra. And I'm like, okay, there we go. That's That was necessary. What is wrong with her accent? I just don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm no expert on German accents, but it was it did seem a bit weird. Well, Jerrica seems pretty aggressive in this episode because although it looks like Eric is somewhat victorious, I guess, Jerrica looks at Eric and says the war isn't over yet. Eric meets with the misfits and informs Pizzazz that he offered the Stingers a place to stay at the Gabor estate. Pizzazz is furious that Eric went over her head, but he pleads for her help. It's a little too late, though, because the Stingers arrive moments later, and Riot is impressed and says this estate is worthy of him. Oh, please. Please. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hmm. It is worthy of me. Um, I mean, just... just... (laughs) Such a pompous ass. It's so great. It's amazing. Um, Right? So, he's something. Yeah, he's something, all right. And Pizzazz sees it, too. Ah, yes. Yes, she does. Your favorite completely fell for him. The doorbell rings and Pizzazz interrupts but she's greeted with Riot's stunningly handsome face and flowing blonde hair. She loses her typical assertive self and stammers. She's completely smitten. Which is bizarre. And she does this like weird high-pitched baby talk voice. Yeah, she does change her voice quite a bit. It's very 
unpizzazz like. Yeah, yeah, not 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 a fan of. I mean, because one of the things that I admire about Pizzazz, I don't like the way that she goes about it, but I do like that she knows what she wants and she goes for it, right? And this episode was just like, there's a cute guy who's staying with you for some weird reason. And and so suddenly you're going to fall all over yourself to uh, accommodate his needs. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was... it. it was not a fan of that uh, at all. And especially like that pitch change that she had was it just made it a lot worse for me. Yeah. And we've seen Pizzazz have a thing for other guys before. It doesn't turn into this. As a matter of fact, usually when she she's sees rejected, she likes, well, but I mean, even when she sees a guy that she likes, she's like, well, what's wrong with you that you don't like me? I'm the best. Mm. And I think that it was, I don't know, maybe this was meant to show that riot was just so fabulous that even the great and powerful pizzazz falls at his feet. Like every other lady in this show, except for Jerrica. But I don't, yeah, I don't like it. I mean, we can, we're going to get into it like way more in the next episode. Cause like it just gets way worse in the next episode. But, but right here when I think it's Jetta that says what happened to our fearless leader, I was like, yeah, what did happen to your fearless leader? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a weird, weird thing that happens right here. Yeah. And I only felt it gets weirder too, as this episode goes, goes on. There's some scenes that bothered me, but we'll get to that. In a sec. Pizzazz escorts Riot to his room where he proclaims how exquisite it is and that it matches his own perfection. Of- oh my God, that line. <laughs> that line. I just, this is a it's room that match my own perfection. I just, <laughs> I just love it. He is so ridiculous. I can't, yeah. I can't handle it. Riot walks Pizzazz to the door and tells uh, her that uh, he'll see her later for dinner. And she's like, oh, yes, Riot, whatever you say. So unlike her. I don't know. Riot explains to Minx and Rapture that he's using Pizzazz only because she's a person of influence and has many contacts in the music industry. Shocker. Well, there's that, but also... Notice the reaction. This is the thing that has always sort of not baffled me, but I, I find it very intriguing about his relationship with Minx and Rapture because, you know, they say, oh, Riot, you're so logical. And it's like, okay. Um, going along with that whole, like, the men are not emotional thing that, that only mentioned earlier. They're like, oh, Riot, you're so logical. And then they go over and they hug him. He's like petting their hair. And he's like, yes, yes. And so given the fact that every woman within 50 square miles who even smells that Riot might be nearby loses her mind, except for the other misfits and Aja and Jerrica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only five women. Why? Okay. Yeah. So given, given all of that, I have always wondered why Minx and Rapture are immune to it. Because they adore him, clearly, but they don't seem to want him sexually. Well, I mean, it may 
go both ways uh, as well. I mean, maybe Riot doesn't want that. They they work together. They're in a band, and maybe they both like both parties realize that there could potentially be awkwardness. Like it wouldn't work. But I don't. I don't see them making a decision on that ground. Like rarely do people go logically. I probably shouldn't find you attractive and want to bone you. I mean, you know, um, yeah, I just, it, I find it, I mean, it's good because the one thing that we don't get is we don't get Minx and Rapture fighting with each other or fighting with other women over Riot. There's enough people fighting yeah, over yeah, that Riot. That would have made it way worse. Fighting, right. That would have just been terrible. They're, they're always off doing their own thing. So it's on the one hand, it's like, great. Because then you have the situation where like there's this one dude that everybody's like, ah, but the women around him are like, whatever, that's a riot. They're just, I mean, they they love him. Maybe they love him like a brother, but they're not into this other nonsense, which is kind of cool. They're into terrible nonsense, but not this particular nonsense. I don't know. It's just, it, I, w- watching them all play off each other over the course of this season is going to be very fun. But also, I'm just, I'm going to keep thinking about this. Yeah. I'm, I want to construct a headcanon as to why Minx and Rapture have no sexual interest I in I don't Riot. know. I don't know about Rapture, but later in this episode, it does get brought up that Minx and Riot went to high school together. So maybe because, you know, they've been together so long, I guess, as friends, I you know, since they were kids, then maybe they just don't really see each other that way. Again, that hasn't stopped many a person. That's true. So. <laughs> that is true. But I'm just saying it is a possibility, right? It is a possibility, although it does seem, hmm, I don't know. When you get two people, I don't know, when you have two attractive people that have been friends for a long time, I, I guess there there is always that possibility that that you could think each other that way, think about each other that way, but then also never really pursue it either. So, I don't know. Um- Maybe they had in the past and that's very decided true. that it was very unhealthy. That's very and true. So they didn't. Yeah, I, you know, again, I've, I haven't read the gem comics and I don't know if the stingers are in it, but man, I, I really do hope that they, if they, if they do put the stingers in there, that they go into that backstory about the characters. Just as far as addressing the relationship with one another. I'm really far behind, so I can't. Can't say anything yet. At Starlight Music, Jerrica looks at a magazine with the stingers on the cover. Furious, she crumples it and tells the holograms that Eric has the stingers, quote, all sewn up, end quote. Kimber tries to reassure her sister that Rye did promise to consider her offer as well, but Jerrica says she sent the offer three times, which means Eric probably intercepted them. Shayna reminds Jerrica that Jem and the holograms are being honored at the Rock Hard Cafe. Yeah, nice one. Later that night. So it's something she's going to have to worry about later. I like how they just reversed those two words. So, yeah. I also like how Jerrica seems unaware of this fact until Shana reminds her of it. Mm-hmm. Like, Gerald, why do you think that they're all sitting there in ball gowns in your right. office? Yeah. That, that is strange. It's like they just regularly, they're like, let's dress up to go visit er- Jerrica at the mm-hmm. office. Yeah, they all look good Kim too. Kim even did her hair. <laughs> yeah, Jerrica's all pink like outfit is, yeah, not not so great, but the rest of them look all fancy. Yeah, I was it was weird to me that 
I thought that she would look similar, maybe not the same, right? She's the lead singer. So typically she would look different, but her, like, they were all like thematically the same. And then Jem's dress is just weird. I don't well, know. She did. Like, she did do, say Showtime synergy, and then changed into her, her outfit. But I'll, right, but you would think synergy would have put her in an outfit that matched everybody yeah. else's. It looks right. like some kind of recycled did glitter it? and gold nonsense. Right. Hmm. I was. Uh, I, I didn't uh, pay attention to Jem's dress. I was fixated on Kimber. She looked good. Kimber did look good. At the Gabor State, we see Riot lounging by the pool with Pizzazz at his side, who's serving him lemonade at his command. This, oh, man, this scene really bothers me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What what did you two think of it? Where he's like, more uh, lemonade. And she's like, yes, Riot. Like, yeah, come on. Again, yeah, this is kind of why I thought character. maybe... Yeah, maybe there's some kind of weird hypnotism enchanted subplot that we don't know about yet. Like because every it all seems really out of character. The way they act around him is really, really out of character. Pheromones, like is there gonna be some kind of explanation as to why uh why Pizzazz is acting like this, why everybody acts like they do? Because I don't know, it just it's not sitting well with me and I don't know if it'll get better as things go on, but it, I mm, not liking it so far. Yeah. What about you? I mean, that's pretty much right. That's pretty much where I'm at. I mean, it does, it doesn't get better. No, <laughs> okay. no, it does not. Okay. It, it doesn't get better. And, and yeah, it's, I kind once again, I kind of have felt like there was something going on in terms of like what the, the show creators were were doing like, let's you know give pizzazz what she deserves. Like she gonna lose her mind over some dude. I don't know. I don't know if that's really it, but it it kind of feels that way. Like there doesn't seem to be a real reason why pizzazz goes totally overboard the way that she does. I mean, maybe he's yeah. that, maybe he's just that hot. Maybe he does have some sort of magical pheromone penis power that we can't discern through the screen i don't know i want i want a photoshop or a, a product label magic pheromone penis power get on it gem cast listeners we know you all have some talent out there <laughs> eric approaches and asks him if he's read his offer but riot reminds him he promised Jerrica to review her offer as well. When Eric tells Riot that Jerrica is just an amateur, considering she hasn't sent any offers, the misfits remark how the holograms have no talent. Riot decides to be the judge of that himself, so he decides to see Gem and the holograms play. And of course, Pizzazz asks if she can tag along. And he agrees, but he says it in a way that seems like, you know, uh, if you wish, you know, just like he doesn't really, he doesn't really care either way, but yeah, he's not really into her. That's very much clear. That, that very much is clear. As for poor, Riot, go ahead. Right. Isn't it to anybody but himself? Yeah. Yeah. I think he lo he's I mean, in love with himself. Pretty much. 
As for poor Eric, who was under the false impression that Minx liked him, she admits that he really is just a typical American music executive. That I agree with her. She should give him to her sister. <laughs> <sighs> At the Rock Hard Cafe, Jim and the Holograms are honored for their contribution to rock music, and they get their very own guitar added to the Wall of Fame. Jim addresses the crowd and thanks Rio Pacheco for his support. I, notice how Rio said nothing in that scene? He was just like totally silent. And when I was watching that this, okay. I was thinking, mm, Tempest is going to love that. He, she loves it when yeah. he says nothing. He says, it, but also, like, what? You, why, why are you... Why are you calling up the tech support? Come on now. Come on. There's 10,000 people that are involved in making an album, but you going to call up Rio to the stage? Get out. Get out. Riot shows up at the club and is surrounded by screaming fans who all demand his autograph and attention. Jem decides the best way to divert Riot's attention is to start singing a song. And of course... Which was... <sighs> I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> isn't isn't that the way that everybody gets the really? attention? They're well, like, like, well, that guy across the room, I really want to talk to him about business. I know. You know what, guys? I'm going to next, I'm going to break out the song in real life next time because this show proves that it works. Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously. Well, this song from Jam and the Holograms is a repeat song from a much earlier episode called Like a Dream and Refresh My Memory. I, uh, what did you two think of this song? Because I can't remember if either of you liked it the first time around. I don't remember how I felt about it the first time around, but I was just baffled this time around. Just <laughs> <laughs> No, I remember the song because it's like, I can't remember if it's from the very first episode or second. It's from that, you know, original movie. Um, and and it's, you know, a pretty trippy. That's that's what they sing outside of Howard Sands' house after they get burnt out of the original orphanage. Mm-hmm. So actually, just given what's going on in this scene, this is one of the few times where I'm like, yes, the reuse of this song is quite perfect. That, I feel like that happens more than once in this season as well because there are a lot of repeat Gem and the Hologram songs, but I, I'm usually like, oh, hey, that actually really works here, so well done. And right here, I feel like, yeah, well done because, you know, just given what Gem is trying to do, she's trying to capture Riot's attention. And the way that this video works, it does work like a fever dream. Like the last time we saw this kind of amazing dream imagery was either uh, in the episode where Gem was trapped in a fake starlight mansion and she had that nightmare song or that time when laura holloway took all those drugs (laughs) i feel like those are the two times we've had dream imagery as appropriate as this the only thing i really don't like about this song is that it is too repetitive and that is actually a function of the fact that in the the very 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 first time the original gem and the holograms movie that turned into the first five episodes or whatever was aired the songs many of the songs were shorter and so you only get repeated like a dream only a few times instead of 10,000 times. And then when they make uh, them into regular episodes, they lengthen the songs by just repeating a bunch of stuff. And then they did it again here. And I'm like, uh, how many times? Yeah. How many times must we hear that it's like a dream? Is this the video where 
it looks like I mean, first of all, I think this is the one where Riot is in the video, right? And yes, yes, he's in the video and he's like running around trying to get to yeah. Jen because he is entranced yeah, by right. her singing. And and this video also features the return of Mermaid Gem, which we again have not seen since those very first few episodes. So Mermaid Gems on the rise. Um, and what I like about the sort of dream imagery going on here is that he's desperate to get to her and she eludes him and she like becomes the floor. She becomes beams of light, which is very appropriate. Um, he He's running up her arm to her and her arm splits. And then he falls into an ocean of her face and then he sees her as a mermaid. Like there's all sorts of many layers of meaning in this. Yeah. I, I felt that because, I mean, maybe because this is their video and not the stingers, but I felt like in that video, it seemed based on the imagery that like Jem was more in control of that, of what was happening in that trippy. Yes. Sort of like, yeah, like she, she was. was, she was always, I got the impression she was always keeping Riot at arm's length. Like he, there was just no way he was ever going to get to her. Yes, that's exactly what it was like. Well, after the video, Riot walks onto the stage and tells Jem she's the most perfect woman he's ever seen. Oh, Jesus Ugh. Christ. <laughs> I'm sure that come online hasn't been told to her a million times What's, by other guys. No, but the but thing is, like, when Riot says it, he means yeah. it, but in a really terrible way. Sure. Because he's like, I am perfection, and you are the most perfect woman, so you belong to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's their entire relationship in, yeah. like, in the show. Riot is obsessed I'm, with perfection. He should just join the Borg Collective and be done with it. I'm sorry, but the Borg Collective does not allow you to have long, flowy hair. Well, maybe they'll make Riot an exception. Their color palette is way too can marry the Borg queen. for him. Eric tries to break things up and tells Riot it's time to go, but Riot tells Eric not to dictate what he can do. <laughs> Rhea notices Riot getting uncomfortably close to Jem and tells Riot he's not taking her anywhere. This is another perfect example of Rio's temperamental attitude and jealousy. I thought, although it's clear that Ryde is infatuated with Jem, all he suggested was that he escort her to a quiet place. Rio and Riot are about to get into a fist fight, but Jem intervenes and asks what's got into him. I'll tell you what's got into him. That's it's Rio. <laughs> Very true. Rio brings out the worst in everybody. This is true. Although <laughs> And what's what I find annoying about the way that the scene is set up is that, you know, once again, like Rio's running up on some dude who's standing next to Jem. Like, come on, can you can you stop for a minute? And then he like gives some lame excuse saying something like, Well, I thought he was bothering you. Yeah. I'm like, in what world did you really think that Riot was bothering her? Like, really? Only the world of your own mind. He's an idiot. Jerk. He's like, so terrible. Really? But I've yes. never met anyone in real life that is this insufferable. Right. But the problem is, is the way that this is framed is that, you know, so, so Jem says, you know, Rio, stop. I need to, you know, Ryan and I have some very important things to talk about. And she, you know, just her dealing with him, like the way that she deals with him is rarely ever 100% okay. But, you know, instead of just saying, well, I wanted to talk to him about Jerrica's proposal. 
mentioning your other girlfriend, whatever. She's like, we have something to talk yeah, about. She's vague. And then she walks, right. She walks away with him. And then Rio goes over. Oh no. She introduces Raya to the holograms and he compliments them on their beauty, blah, blah, blah. No one cares. And then he takes Gem away and Rio is talking to the holograms. And, and of course, Kimber's like, Oh, he's so dreamy. And Raya's like, Oh, he's so dreamy. Shayna has a look on her face, but does not have a line in the scene, which I think is actually on purpose. And Rio's like, I think you've all gone soft in the head. And and Aja says, well, not me. There's something about him. So Aja already, like her, her bullpucky meter is on high. But then she says, I don't like the way Jem talked to you either. And I'm like, well, but he was a jerk. Like, let's be clear. Yes, Riot is shoveling bullshit at everybody in a major way. Yes. But the way that Jem handled Rio, there was nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Again, going back to the uh, something we quite often say on this podcast is there's a communication problem between Rio and Jerica slash Jem. And it's you know, it's it's both on their sides. They they own how they both are to blame many times. Of course, not just them, but many characters, many relationships in this show. Just always bad examples of of how to how to how to talk to someone because, like you said, I mean, she's being so vague in this scene. Like, just come out and say say. It. You could have said we have to discuss the contract, duh. You know, and yeah, it would have put an end to that. Elsewhere in the Rock Hard Cafe, Minx asks Eric who Rio is. He explains he usually chases after both Jem and Jerrica. And this gets Minx thinking that this is a great opportunity to steal Rio away from not one, but two women. <sighs> but Rio won't okay. give her the time of day, according to Eric. Whatever, Eric. Here's what I want to know. Are Jem and Rio the two most attractive people in the entire universe? Because everybody is always chasing after both of them. Have you noticed yeah. this? It makes no well, sense. Well, in this universe no. it does, I guess. Well, but is Jem really that attractive? Is Rio really that attractive? I feel like the only people who haven't been chasing after both Jem and Rio are Sean and Jeff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's it. Yeah. They're chasing after Kimber. But everybody else is chasing after Jeff. Like, I mean, it really makes you wonder what it is about those two people that people are just like losing their it's minds. the hair. It's the big, big, the hair. pale pink hair. And well, it's not really a mullet, but Rio's long purple hair. I guess people like it. I don't know. I mean, they're attractive, I guess, in comparison to some of the other non-main primary characters in the show, but I don't know. It's hard to really explain. I don't know. What do you think, Aline? What if this is actually most people's experiences where people just fall over one another all the time and I live in some kind of weird bubble where that never happens to me? So this is actually really normal and I just don't know about it. Mm, that's intriguing. I have also never experienced this world. Mm, okay. I feel like there are very few people in my life that I've ever seen people like fall all over of constantly. Mm. 
So then I think I revert to Tempest's frequent answer, which is reasons and the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. I, I can't really relate to like just fall. I mean, certainly, I guess, I don't know if infatuated is probably not the right word. I mean, I've certainly met people that I thought were attractive and maybe I felt slightly nervous to talk to them. I think the the probably the the worst time I ever had was when it was I was helping a friend of mine move and it was taking way longer than expected. We were moving to like all stuff back and forth between his old place and the new place to all hours of the night. And I think it was around three AM and here I am driving down this dark road in a van with tinted windows loaded up with stuff. So that doesn't look at all suspicious. And I get pulled over uh, by a cop and I roll the window down and it's a very, very attractive lady cop. And she's like flashing a light in my face, asking me what the hell I'm doing. And I, I wanted to say like words that I were, that I was thinking were, I'm helping my friend move. It's been taking way too long, but I started stammering and I sounded like a complete idiot, which probably wasn't helping my case. I was just like, I, 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 but I, yeah, that was the worst. Hmm. I d- the only time I've ever seen this kind of thing in real life is when either Neil Gaiman or China Mieville are in a room. Well, Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but that's one of those things where you're like, really? Neil Gaiman, but Neil Gaiman's great. I would like to go on the record to say that Neil Gaiman is great. That is on the record, right? Okay, cool. So, but yeah, there are just times when I'm like, really people? Is this what we're doing with our lives? All right, this is what we're doing with our lives. And not to say that I've never done that with my life when around certain people, but it's interesting how there are just some people who do attract certain kinds of, yeah, but I just, I I feel like Jen... I feel like I just don't know why Jem is one of them. But it, you know, it, it it kind of reminds me of when I was a little kid, I remember I had a Barbie. I can't remember the name of the Barbie, but it was a Barbie where she came with a fancy dress that maybe turned inside out or something, but she had this giant jewel thing that she could wear. And the jewel had a little thing to make it change color. And there was a little booklet that came with the Barbie that explained how fabulous she was. And I think, I feel like it was in that booklet where it said something like Barbie, the most beautiful woman in the world. And everybody agreed that Barbie was the most beautiful woman in the world. And I was like, really? She's the most beautiful woman in the world? I mean, I guess, but huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. Why not? Um, and I think that that was supposed to be a pervasive thing about Barbie, that she was the most beautiful woman in the world. So maybe since Jem was a rival doll of Barbie, that's what they were going for here. Jem is just the most yeah, beautiful maybe. woman in the world. Yeah, and it, maybe the other argument that one could make is also, since this show is targeting, or was targeting, I should say, in the past, th- they were targeting little girls. You know, clearly Jem is the focal point of this show, and... You know, I'm sure it was very intentional that that many girls would put themselves in the shoes of Jem. And so 
this whole thing about making Jem the most beautiful person in the world or, or Barbie or whatever it, whatever else it is. It's that like that Barbie or Jem, they're supposed to be a reflection of you. So you see yourself in this positive way that you are the most beautiful person in the world. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but yeah, I don't know. But we should get back to, uh, we, we digress slightly here, by the way, I just wanted to say, I left this out here, but I really liked how, Minx was super confident with herself because when she's talking to Eric about Rio and he's saying, you know, oh, well, he won't give you the time of day. She says, I can have anyone I want. And I really like that. Yes. I also like that about Minx. I mean, I feel like this is sort of a trait of the stingers in general is that they're like, what? We're the best. What? I'm the most best. Why are you? What are you doing? I'm the most best. Yeah, it's like they have the co- look at my most. They business. have the confidence of the misfits with without the a lot of the terrible behavior and bad habits of them. I mean that we have seen so far. That we have seen so far. That's right. Good disclaimer. Minx approaches Rio and tells him he's handsome, but Rio looks preoccupied. She then asks if he'd like to spend some time with her. Well, she really doesn't waste any time, does she? Rio. No. Rio. Why should well, she? She's a hot blonde. Yeah, no, she's a, yeah, she's attractive for a cartoon character, I guess. Rio. <laughs> sounds so weird and creepy saying that. Rio rebuffs Minx, Minx's attempts and leaves her behind. Now, this next scene is so bizarre. It is so ridiculous and bizarre. We see, and it just seems so out of place and it's never talked about again, really. But Rapture is chanting, holding the the quartz crystal that she got from Pizzazz earlier at the Gabor estate. A lady approaches her and asks what she's doing. She explains that when she chants, the crystals emit healing properties. When asked if it could help her lose weight, Rapture says, yes, it could. And the lady offers her an expensive-looking gold bracelet in exchange for the crystal, which, of course, Rapture accepts. This scene is just so strange. Yes, it is. Well, it is, but it's it's essentially establishing Rapture's character because, like, you know, I, th- this sequence right here, more than... Well, I mean, we we established Riot's character from the beginning. But, you know, first Minx is like, I'm going to get that man for my sister. And <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, Minx is like, I'm going to get that man. And that's pretty much what Minx does for the rest of these 13 episodes. Yeah. And, you but know, man, actually. Because she's like, I can't. Now that I think of it, it actually does make sense because much later in the season when we get the backstory of the stingers and where they grew up and what their life has been you do get a pick do get a sense of and this it does explain like why would she does it why would she do this does she not have money but i don't want to spoil it well, I guess it's not a spoiler. Right. I mean, everyone listening to this podcast must have seen this show already. Oh, no, no, not everybody. No? Okay, so no, I, won't spoil spoil it. It. No spoilers. I won't spoil it. But I mean, but so the whole thing with Rapture, you know, when she like convinces this woman that this crystal is like some special thing, whatever. And and by the way, 
that I love that this scene completely predates and also inspires uh, all those like mystical woo-woo crystal healing books. <laughs> like we were right at sort of the beginning of that craze here in America, right when this came out. And then, so like, she's on the cusp, but then she basically cons this woman out of a diamond and gold bracelet. Right. And that's pretty much what rapture does for the rest of the season is pretend to be mystical and or con people out of their goods. Like that's her shtick. So this is just basically character foundation. Um, and also what I, I also find interesting is like when she takes the crystal, you know, at first uh, possess as something like, well, it's, it's worthless. It's not worth anything. And it probably was pretty inexpensive back in that day. Today, that, that giant chunk of crystal Geode, would probably, yeah. it would probably be as expensive as that diamond bracelet, quite honestly. But possess has no idea what things cost or care about it. True that. We catch the tail end of a conversation between Jem and Riot, where she explains she sent the record contract offer numerous times. Pizzazz, jealous and enraged, tells Jem to get her claws off of him. Riot commands Pizzazz to go home at once. And I, when I say commands, he, he really does, which really bothered me. But of course she does it. Right. She does it. Of course. Well, not really exactly, well, does she? Yes, you're right. She, she's not going to go out without a fight. Pizzazz is surprised at Riot's behavior. And she, you know, she tells him, like, but you, 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 you brought me. Like, why, why are you doing this? Uh, a reporter flashes a camera and says, I can see the headlines now. Jim humiliates Pizzazz. Well, she decides to get revenge on Jim and rips the guitar off of the wall of fame and when she tries to wrestle the guitar away from the hostess, she falls over. And this is so silly, but she and it's so slapstick. She ends up knocking over a series of movie props, which then incites a food fight. Right. And that sequence made no sense. Like literally we went from, oh, I fell over. Oh, this thing fell on me to we're just going to start flinging food at each other for no reason. Yeah. Riot takes the opportunity to grab Jem and escape the club so they can finish their conversation. Riot asks Jem to drive him somewhere unique, and so they take off with Aja and Kimber, who witness them drive away in the rock and roadster. Aja is surprised at Jem's behavior, but Kimber isn't and says she'd do anything for Riot. Really, Kimber? Really? You know, we just got done with Kimber being the most immature, immature of immaturity. Did we really need Kimber in love with Riot? I'm just really glad this doesn't last long. Yeah. Riot vows to find Jem, and of course, Minx offers to help, since she knows how he thinks. Eric tells the misfits to go home. Rapture offers to help Pizzazz win Riot, and Pizzazz accepts, saying she'll do anything she's very desperate it's true as jem and riot are driving on an empty road he tells her his real name and where he comes from his real name is rory llewellyn he went to high school with minx in west germany his father was stationed there with the army when riot asks for jem's real name she tells him she's known only as jem this doesn't turn off riot 
and he appears to appreciate a lady of mystery. I like how Jim laughs here and says that it drives Rio crazy. And Riot can't help but tell her that Rio is a fool if he thinks that way. Best line ever. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Riot is so wrong on so many levels, but, but Riot has, has Rio pegged. Jem and Riot arrive at a secluded cliff featuring a large and strange alien harp. Jem tries to keep the conversation on business, but Riot tells her it can wait and that he only wants one thing, to convince her that she's destined to be his. Oh my God. Oh so my God. Gross. But before we get to the to the ridiculousness that is this, I just want to point out that that wind harp is actually a thing. It doesn't look like that, but there is an alien yes, wind harp. There is. In LA. It's great. And so I that remember size, as a kid though, thinking, like a, as a statue. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Really interesting. It doesn't look like that. Like I said, it it um it looks more like a. It, I mean, it looks like a tower. I think it's called like wind harp tower or something like that. And the design is completely different. And I, <laughs> I actually have to wonder if. The scriptwriters are like, it's the Aeolian harp because that's what Riot says, and that's what the thing is called. And then the animators who are in wherever I think Korea or something were like, it's a big harp. <laughs> so they just yeah, <laughs> uh huh. So they just drew, drew a big harp like hanging out on a cliff, which is the best. This is why I love the show. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I just love the show. Jem poorly explains that Rio means a lot to her but stumbles over her words and admits that he's Jerrica's boyfriend, that they grew up together. Riot says Jim has no right to him and that she should forget about him. Uh, oh my God. So there's so much to unpack right yes. here. <laughs> because, because again, you know, it, interesting how when, when they're talking to people who are not within their particular circle, Jem has a hard time explaining her relationship with Rio. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is just more evidence that they are in a poly relationship because polyamorous people cannot always be, uh, you know, explicit about their lifestyles with people outside of their social circle. You know, there, there is stigma attached to it. Um, there can be a lot of misunderstanding. You know, people might start making jokes about sister wives, which nobody wants. You know, so I just find it very interesting that when Riot is asking Jem who Rio is, like she knows she can't just say Rio is my boyfriend because then inevitably he's going to see Rio with Jerrica and be like, but I thought you said. And, you know, and since Riot is a stranger, even though she's riding around a car with him, Riot's a stranger. He can't know. But then Riot, of course, makes a conclusion that she shouldn't be messing with Rio. And I'm like, uh. You heteronormative monogamous jerk. <laughs> Monogamy. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, let's get to the last video here before we, we wrap for today by the Stingers called Perfect Match. Nope. I don't think so. Not, not, between, Re, not between Riot <laughs> and Jim. I don't care because this is the greatest. Is song. it? Is it? This no. is the greatest. 
It's just the greatest song. I have loved this song since my wee childhood. No one can convince me that it's not no, a I great like the song. Stinger songs. <laughs> so, and this is, oh my gosh, this is such a great song. It has, once again, very different musically than Gem songs or Misfits songs. Which is songs. a good thing. And yeah, and musically, it's it's so, it's just got this great energy. And Riot is just kicking it, <laughs> you know, and and also it's really a very perfect encapsulation of him as a character, even more so than the Stinger's theme song. You know, stings, stings, stings. Like that was, you know, whatever. But it's all about how he's so good, so right, so fair. And he's like, I'm an angel. I'm a knight in shining armor. I'm Romeo. Like literally he's Romeo. She is, you know, Jem is Juliet. And then he is, I'm going to assume Mark Antony. And Jem is Cleopatra. You know, just all these, all this imagery. and also. The animation on this video is really great. Um, you know, there's like, because you can also just see how, even though Jem really ought to know better, she's kind of falling for this. Because quite honestly, if you have some like really handsome dude just like telling you about how amazing and perfect you are and how amazing and perfect he is and how you'd be together, you'd be a little bit charmed. Like you may not be completely charmed, but you'd be a little bit charmed. Okay. And so Jem is totally a little bit charmed in this video. And there's like that great shot of her and the wind is blowing her hair one way. And so all you see is like her face and her pink hair and then Riot's face and her face and the pink hair. That's a really great, you know, bit of animation there. Um, and yeah, just like the whole, the whole video is like that where they have like these really great shots, except for that thing in Egypt where suddenly their faces are the faces of the Sphinx. Like I can't handle that. But the rest of it, I thought was like very well animated. And it's just, you know, this is this is their relationship from here on out. Riot pressing all up on her, Jem being a little bit charmed, if not completely charmed, and but in his mind, she is completely charmed. Like that's that's yeah. it. That's the rest of the season. I'm curious, Aline, did you like the song? It was fine. I um I don't have the feels that Tempest does though. It was it was an okay song. Nobody uh, has feels like nobody does. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, I like the song. I think the video was pretty good. Uh, and my thoughts pretty much echo your thoughts. And speaking of, you know, Jem sort of slightly falling for Riot's charms, we conclude this uh, part one episode with Riot leaning in for a kiss. Now, it ends on this cliffhanger, but I'm curious what you thought about the end because it seems like it's not super clear but it seems like they actually they're like lips do touch and she seems to be enjoying it did you get that impression no i didn't i did okay i remember thinking i was like oh jim just kissed well she kind of made this moaning sound when she's like yeah "Uh." Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I missed that over all my laughter, but uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jim. Because once again, I, okay. While I have feelings about the idea that some dude pressing himself all up on you when you have already said no once is not okay, mm-hmm. it it did it it does strike me as being in character for Jim to sort of be swept up by somebody like trying at her. And I, I wonder if like, what's the difference between riot 
And that actor dude, way back when they were filming Starbright, remember him? The guy that Jeff was the stunt double for? He was an insufferable blonde as well. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. But I think, well, first, I think Riot is supposed to be a more attractive character. And his, although he's full of crap, I don't know. It's, he's like less of a jerk somehow. Like he, it's like, it's, you, you know, he's a pompous ass, but he, but he's kind of harmless in a way. I think it's because the narrative is not against him. Okay. All right. The narrative was definitely against whatever that dude's name was. I can't even remember. That's how much the narrative hated him. It drove his name out of my mind. But the narrative is not against Riot. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that could be a contributing factor. This whole season, I, I am so excited we are friendly here. Can Me I just too. say that? Me too. Can I say how excited I am that the Stingers have hit town? Because <laughs> this is just going to be great. Like, <laughs> Rio is going to be so pressed for this entire season. There's going to be so much Jerrica Gem whining about who she loves or who she should be with that we could, like, we could fill 12 episodes of podcasts with just Jerrica Gem's whining. Minx is great. Rapture is just there. Who cares? But yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this. It's going to be great. Tempest loses her shit. Riot! Ah, Riot! <laughs> I'll do anything he tells me to do! Ah, Riot! <laughs> All right. Whoa. Let's end. I actually have you to get out of here. Feels. I have someone coming to pick me up uh, to go for coffee. Fine, be that way. Yes. Take us out, Yes, Alex. I will. I will listen to the sound of my voice. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Can't do that without laughing. Oh, God. Mm. You've been listening to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. I am joined by Aline Sims this week, who was absent last week, but I think she's happy to have joined us for the beginning of season three, which hopefully will be a good season. And people can subscribe and find your lovely podcast, Less Than or Equal, if they'd like, uh, in their podcast player of choice, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much everywhere. Relay.fm is the website forward slash L-T-O-E to check out the entire podcast backlog. And of course, your website, AleanMean.com. And on Twitter, such a simple username. It is... A-L-E-E-N. And Kate Tempest Bradford, if you'd like to check out all of her writing, social media, video stuff, go to ktempestbradford.com. And uh, you should check out her podcast, The Right Gear, which is also on this network, available in your podcast player of choice. Just search for The Right Gear, and that's right as in W-R-I-T-E. And uh, she does lots of uh, interviews with interesting writers as well as covers technology and the workflows that writers tend to use be it paper or digital as well always something good in there if you'd like to show your support for this podcast and our lovely network at large head up to patreon.com forward slash hologram radio and join the other lovely folks that have decided to become regular donators give a buck or two whatever you feel comfortable uh, with uh, giving away, it would be incredibly appreciated and will help us cover our costs here that we pay out of pocket, like our server costs, hosting costs, all that sort of thing. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to ensure you get every new episode each and every week. And 
why don't you go ahead and take a moment and leave us a rating? If you do that, we will give you a shout out on a future episode of this show. We'll mention you on social media as well. And I think it's been, when was the last time we had a review? Was it about a month ago? It wasn't too long. But if you haven't done that yet, please do that. It also helps other people discover this show. You know, sometimes when you're looking for a new podcast, you might type in Gem. And we want to make sure that Gem is the first thing that shows up. So do that now. You can follow us on Twitter. The podcast is at Gem Podcast. And on Facebook, Gem Podcast as well. And uh, check out some of the other shows that are on our network on the hologramradio.org website. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Hologram Radio Shows. And if you'd like to send feedback to all three of us, do that by sending an email to gemcast at hologramradio.org. Don't be shy, people. We'd like to hear from you. Until next week for part two of the Stingers Hit Town, show's over, Synergy. <laughs>